This is Tiny Themes Podcast with your host, Amanda Batts. It's so great to be back. As you know, right after the cruise, I was packing for another trip and I got back from my work trip on Saturday. I was up in DC, Baltimore, and Virginia. I do love traveling, so I tried to make the most out of my non-work hours, which also happened to be lovely that it was the cherry blossom season in DC. I got to see them right before peak bloom, which was gorgeous, and it was so fun to take a stroll before the sunrise, before my work day started. And then after being in Baltimore and then DC, I got to go to Virginia for a conference in Williamsburg, and the hotel I was staying at was like steps away from Colonial Williamsburg, so it was really fun to just explore and see Colonial Williamsburg again. I had not been since I was a kid, and I don't know if you've been there, but it is, it's really cute and quaint, and they actually, they added quite a bit. Merchant Square is right at the end of the Colonial area, and they have like a mellow mushroom and all these cute shops. Of course, my kiddos wanted candy from this candy shop, so, I mean, Tallulah, Michael, and myself. Uh, Vivi can't have candy yet like that, but I love those like those candy shops that you can get the candy by the pound, you know? And so I got a couple fun, like gummy worms and candy. I don't even, they had these like candy gems that like literally looked like little fake gemstones. And I was like, what is that? They said it's a gummy. It tasted very gelatiny and it was quite yummy. I checked that out, which was a lot of fun. And it was fun to just take a stroll. And I got to tell you, I had some serious smell memories that were awakened by being in Colonial Williamsburg. There was this one store and I walked past it and I'm like, oh my gosh, I remember this place. And it is just so wild to me how smell memories just bring you back. I find them to be like the most intense kind of memories, just because there's moments that you like smell something. And you're like, oh my gosh, I had a toy that smelled like this. Like we had, I think it was, this is going to sound funny, but my kids were on an antibiotic at one point and it septonere and it smelled, it was like that straw, that super fake strawberry smell. I don't know if y'all remember this. I had this Barbie back in the day and it was some like, not easy bake oven Barbie, but something like that. And she had this like strawberry spread and it was basically like strawberry powder that you put like water or something on and then you like spread it on a piece of bread and could eat it, which looking back is like so 90s, but I swear it smelled, it tasted like the Seftonier smell. So my sister was over and I was like, do you remember the strawberry stuff from the Barbie? And she's like, I totally remember that. So smell memories are such a thing, just like I think it's the reason why we all love Main Street so much. It just has a very distinct popcorn, ice cream, classic traditional smell, and it's just fabulous. And Colonial Williamsburg did that for me. At the dress shop, I was looking feverishly for like a fragrance and the guy who was working there told me that I guess Yankee Candle back in the day wanted to do like a Colonial Williamsburg candle and they tried really hard to do it but they couldn't get anything that replicated the smell because it's really just hundreds and hundreds of years of the type of wood that they have with fragrances because it was a fragrance shop and just how it smelled they couldn't replicate that smell so i thought it was really nice to be back i wish i could have brought the smell back and let my sister smell it because i know she would have gone right back to it too but really fun to be in colonial williamsburg although if you watch my stories you know getting there at opening time rope dropping 
was very unproductive in comparison to like Disney because at Disney, you know, you get right in, you do your thing. I had like two hours before my conference started. So I got there right at opening and like nothing was open. So I took a nice stroll. No one was around and it was lovely. And then right when I had to go to my conference, I had like 15 minutes to check out the shops that were finally open and it was lovely, but glad I got to go on the trip. Equally glad to be back home because I missed my crew so much. And of course, we already went to Disney once this weekend because I was missing that too because the cruise, like we do, and I know this sounds so ridiculous, but Disney is like what we do as a family. And so we try to go to the parks once a week and it was weird being on the cruise, not going that week and then not going the weekend before. We were like, we can't not go. So we went to Magic Kingdom on Sunday and that's actually where the Tron pictures came from, the ones that I took. Because as you know, it's in soft opening, so you can go over to that little section and I brought the costumes that I made, the cast member costumes for Tron for the kids. And it was really fun to get to take pictures of them with them wearing that. Okay, so speaking of Tron, Michael got to go. They have a virtual queue working during the soft opening. And Michael was able to ride it. He loved it. He got to go front row, although it did disorient him a little bit. But he had a blast on it. Loved it. I have a really funny story of what happened to us while we were trying to get a picture, me and the girls, with their Tron cast member costumes on. There's a line right by the Tron sign. There's a photo pass photographer. Everybody just patiently waits in the line. It's not even that long. I think there were like two families in front of us. It took a very little bit of time. But we're standing there. I was getting a picture with the girls. I will show the photographic evidence of this in my stories. So get ready for it. But I'm standing in, I'm standing there, like right in front of the sign. The photo pass photographer is already taking a picture of me and the girls. Michael's taking some photos too. All of a sudden, this guy and like two other people just get out of their group and come and stand right where we were standing. Like, and we're like, uh, hmm. And the guest relations person who was with them was like, please move out of the way. This other family, meaning us, are getting their pictures. You can go right after them, all that stuff. This guy who had like wheeled up in an ECV, he got out and he was not moving. And the guest relations cast member was like, please, let's get out of the way. We'll be next. It'll be fine. And I looked up and I was like, ah, it's okay. You guys can go. We'll step out of the way. It's fine. And I look up and guess who it was? It was Tracy Morgan from like SNL. <laughs> It was just a very entertaining moment. I've never gotten photobombed by a celebrity before, so we were cracking up about that. So I will share, Michael took a quick video at the end, and it was just, it was really funny. And there were probably like 20 or 30 people in their, in their group that they had. They all had like matching shirts on. It was definitely, seemed like a family trip, which is awesome, and we love that. But um, definitely wasn't be what I expected. He had like a goofy hat on. It was It was great. Besides that... When the girls were in their cast member costumes, we got to meet some of the sweetest cast members. They were so excited about the costumes and seeing the girls in them. And I couldn't have been more excited either because that's one of my favorite things about creating these cast member costumes for the kids. I know how much of the magic the cast members are making. I think it's a fun way to be able to celebrate them through doing something that I love to do, which is coming up with creative costumes for the girls. So moving on from Tron, a couple other updates coming up. This weekend, Tallulah and I are so excited because we're going to MegaCon. I can't believe it's already this weekend, but we have our outfits. We're ready to roll. It's just going to be me and her going, which I'm really excited for a Tallulah and mommy date. And just to check out MegaCon in general, we were originally going to meet Sean Gunn from Gilmore Girls, Kirk from Gilmore Girls. 
And I had booked that and everything. We had fun little Lorelai and Rory outfits and we were really pumped to do that. But then we got an update that he wasn't able to make the show. So we did transition our meet and greet with him to someone else. We're going to meet two different people and I'm not going to tell you who because I'm very excited about them and I want to share them on next week's episode, but that's coming up this weekend. I hear they have like a little cosplay red carpets and stuff. So we're excited to mainly people watch and check things out. I've never been to MegaCon, so I can't wait to see what it's all about with Tallulah. And she keeps calling it our costume party and I just smile every time because it's an adorable way to call it. And then Prego Expo is this Sunday and I will be there with my sister-in-law and I'm very excited to check out all the vendors, all the information that they have for young moms. I'll be sharing a ton of information on my stories. So if you want to follow along, you're welcome to do so on Bibbidi Bobbidi Bats on Instagram. And I do have a link in the show notes to the Prego Expo tickets if you'd like to get some. And then one update on the parks before I get into what we're going to talk about today. The Rodeo Roundup Barbecue, the new dining location at Hollywood Studios in Toy Story Land, opened and it is so cute. I can't wait. I made a reservation in May because that's as far out as they were booking. I'm going to see if I can get something earlier, but it looks adorable. I saw a video this weekend about what happens when the cast members say, Andy's coming because you're an honorary toy and you're supposed to freeze and until Andy, I guess it's, it sounds like he's like in the toy box area and you're like the size of a toy and he's above you. It sounds really cool. The food looks fantastic. They have a forky kids cupcake. I hear you can ask for it even if you don't have kids with you. I'm excited to check it out myself. All right, today's episode, we're talking about character dining at Walt Disney World. That's something that I know a lot of families ask about. What's the best character dining? Is character dining worth it? And that's something that I'm going to dig into today because character dining, I think, is a really great addition to your experience, especially if your kids are into characters. I think it's a nice way to not have to stand in line and get to see and interact with some characters very iconic, like Mickey Mouse and Minnie. And it's nice because you get to knock out a meal with it too, but there are definitely some character dining experiences that I prefer over others. I'm going to share all of the Walt Disney World character dining offerings with you a little bit about them, what meals they offer, and some good things to know about how to book. And since they were gone for quite a few years during the pandemic, it's nice to have them back. I think 1900 Park Fair is the one that we're still waiting on, and that's one that Michael used to work at, actually. He used to be a good friend of Prince Charming's, and he got to work at 1900 Park Fair, which is in the Grand Floridian. That one hasn't come back yet. Hopefully it will. All the rest are available, so I'm going to break down the ones that are in the parks, and then the ones that are in the hotels that are currently being offered. Overall, before I go into that, as a rule of thumb, character dining, the setup of it is you come, you sit at your table like you would normal dining, and then throughout your meal, the characters come one by one to take photos and do videos with you or autographs, and they customarily only come to your table once. They'll also be respectful of the fact that if you're like half of your table's up getting something, they may come, but then they'll come back when everybody's there, which I really appreciate. But one of the things that I've learned the hard way at character dining is I would put the kids closer to where the characters would come just so it'd be easier for photos. They could be closer to them and experience them. But it is a little scary when you have a large character that's just surprising you and coming behind you or right next to you as a little kiddo. We actually 
tend to sit near the end and then have the kids on the inside portion. So then when a character comes, they can get out if they choose to, or they can sit with us for a photo or something like that. But it definitely scared them. And I don't want to have them scared. We had to move them mid meal the one time that we did it like that. We're like, okay, I see why this is not going to work. Now, I'm not saying that that couldn't work later, but especially when they're young toddlers and maybe a little hesitant about characters like Vivian, then I would recommend having them in a spot that they feel safe. As far as booking character dining, it's the same as other dining. So 60 days in advance. If you're staying at a Disney hotel, you actually can book it 60 days in advance of the day you're checking in. So let's say you're checking in on a Monday, you can book for that entire week. Versus if you're a non-hotel guest, you would have to wait for the 60-day mark of that dining day. So that's a nice perk for character dining if you are staying on property. As far as how to book, you have two options. So on the 60 days in advance at 6 a.m. Eastern, you can get on the Walt Disney World app and schedule your reservation then. Or at 7 a.m. Eastern, you can call 407 939 3463, which is 407-WDW-DINE, and they can help you schedule your reservation there as well. So there is a little bit of a benefit for the app. Also, if you don't get a reservation at that 60-day window, I have found that checking back closer to the date of your visit, even the day of, day before, if you have some flexibility, I found that I've had actually some pretty good success making those reservations last minute because folks are always canceling for certain reasons. So it's always a good idea to check back a little bit closer because you do have a pretty high probability of getting your reservation. It might not be the ideal time that you wanted, but you might be able to get something or doing the walk-up wait list. So if you get closer to the restaurant, you can be added to the wait list on the app, or you can go up and talk to the host or hostess and see if there's any options for you to be able to be seated on a wait list. All right, starting with in-park character dining, we have Cinderella's Royal Table, which is definitely the most iconic of the character dining because it's located inside the castle. You get to see princesses, so Cinderella and four or five of her friends are there. It's a plated meal versus buffet or anything family style, and it's available breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So three different times of day, it books up for sure in advance. So you definitely want to book that as soon as you can. For that one, you do actually have to pay in advance also. So I believe it's like $120 or something per person, which is definitely a lot, but it's a cool experience. So I like doing something like that for like a birthday or something that's really special. Also time of day, it really depends on when you want to go. One of the nice things I know I talked about a few episodes ago was if you make a reservation for breakfast time before the park opens, you actually can enter the park before it is open to guests. So it's a cool opportunity to take some fun castle photos and Main Street photos without guests around. So very, very nice perk of getting a Cinderella Royal Table breakfast. At Magic Kingdom, there's also the Crystal Palace, which is located right near Casey's Corner, rounding the corner from Main Street to Adventureland. And this has Pooh Bear characters, and it is a buffet-style option for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Very cute location. It's old-timey inside, very turn-of-the-century, and it is a really fun space. Moving on to Epcot, 
Akershust Royal Banquet Hall in Norway. You can also find princesses. So if you are looking to make a reservation at Cinderella's Royal Table, but you're not able to get it, Akershust is a great option if that doesn't work out. So right now it is available for dinner only, but starting May 14th of 2023, breakfast and lunch will also be added. So this is family style platters and it is Norwegian inspired food. So it's a unique menu. I have eaten there before. It was great. It's just different than the standard Disney kind of dining, but the experience inside is great. There's wonderful character experiences and the princesses. It's just always fun to have dining with characters. Garden Grill Restaurant over in the Land Pavilion. I think it's called World Nature now, but if you know of it as the Land Pavilion, that's where it's located above Soren. And it is farm fresh family style dining with Chip, Dale, Mickey, and Pluto. And it is available for lunch and dinner. And one of the cool things about this experience, besides the fact that they do have excellent food, is it is a spinning dining area. It's super slow of a spin, but you actually get to see the inside of the Living with the Land ride from above. Those first few rooms, if you've gone through Living with the Land, it's like that little farmhouse area and the thunderstorms and things. You actually get to rotate around that, so you get to see that during your dining experience, which makes it a very unique character dining option. At Hollywood Studios, there is one character dining option, and that is at Hollywood and Vine. It's available for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. At breakfast, it has Disney Junior stars, and for lunch and dinner, it's Minnie and Friends seasonal dining. We went at Halloween, and the outfits were so cute, and it was great to see Minnie, Mickey, Goofy, and Pluto. We had so much fun getting to see them in their outfits. This option is buffet for both breakfast and lunch and dinner. I remember as a kid going, the ice cream machines were so much fun, so getting to make my own ice cream Sunday was always a blast, but their food is actually pretty excellent. I haven't had their breakfast buffet in a while, but I know my in-laws that it is their favorite breakfast on property, so definitely a good option as well, even if you're not a huge fan of the characters, if you're not a Disney Junior fan. For future reference, the seasonal events that are offered at the Minnie and Friends Seasonal Dining, they have a springtime dine, which is from March 16th through May 24th. They have a summertime dine, which starts on May 25th. They don't have dates for the following, but these also are offered. Halloween dine, which is the one we went to. Holiday dine, which is Christmas style. And then silver screen dine. And then moving from Hollywood Studios to Animal Kingdom. Animal Kingdom has the Tusker House, which is open for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And it's with Donald and friends. They're in the cutest pith helmets and safari outfits. It's a really fun space and there's actually a lot of seating there and it's a buffet style. So it's a great way to start the day at Animal Kingdom because it's just, it's a fun way at breakfast or it's a great way to have a midday break as well. Nice air conditioning, great food and a really fun space. It's actually in between the Lion King show and then Harambe. So it's a pretty excellent spot, especially for kids because those are both the Harambe has the safari Kilimanjaro safari so it's a spot that the kids definitely want to be at and then of course the Lion King show is a crowd pleaser. Now moving on to the resorts I always think this is a great option for a non-park day so it might be your first day when you're on vacation or your last day just to kind of have that Disney experience but not have to pay for a park ticket. So at Cape May Cafe at Disney's Beach Club for breakfast only you can go to Minnie's Beach Bash 
and it's Minnie and friends and they're dressed in beach attire, which is a lot of fun. Chef Mickey's at the Contemporary is available for breakfast and dinner. There is a monorail view, of course, because you're in the Contemporary, which is great to keep the kids entertained. I know my kids always love going to the Contemporary to check out the monorail going through it. There's a buffet that just recently reopened, and it's a really fun atmosphere. There's a lot to do. There's It's high energy, and it's a lot of fun. All the characters are in their chef's clothes, and they just look adorable. Plus, you can get your photo taken before as a family with PhotoPass, which is always a nice plus. Ohana at Polynesian is available for breakfast only, and it's Lilo and Stitch and Friends. So it's family-style breakfast with American flavors. Always a great spot. I know that that is for sure crowd pleaser. So if you're going to Polynesian or if you want to start your day there before going to Magic Kingdom, that's a great option as well. And Storybook Dining at Artist Point at Wilderness Lodge is actually like the new kid on the block, even though it's been a few years now, but with the pandemic and everything, it's pretty new. This is available for dinner only, and it's Snow White, the dwarves, or at least a couple of the dwarves, and the Evil Queen, and it's a plated meal. They have really gorgeous looking desserts. I have not been yet, but I'm hoping we get to go when we're staying there this summer, I will keep you posted on how that is, but I have heard some really good things from friends that it's a little bit lower key than some of the other character dining, but a really great experience nonetheless. And then I saved the best for last, Topolino's Terrace, which is for breakfast only. It's at Riviera Resort. It is absolutely my favorite of the character dining. The views are incredible from up top, and it's a very nice paced experience. You can see Mickey, Minnie, Daisy, and Donald, and it is just really yummy food, great service, and a great experience all around. I'm not going to lie to you, it's challenging to get a reservation there, so definitely want to do that one in advance also. And since it's at a Skyliner Hotel line, you can actually get to Hollywood Studios or Epcot pretty easily from there, so I recommend going on the day for breakfast before you're going to Hollywood Studios or Epcot. It's a fun way to start the day. So one of the hidden gem character dinings that's not on the Disney website is the Good Morning Breakfast with Goofy and his pals at the Four Seasons. That is a reservation required through the Four Seasons, but you can see Goofy and his friends at Ravello, and it is, I hear, a lovely and low-key character dining experience. If you're looking to reserve that, it's a different reservation number, but it's 407 313-7777. I'm hoping we get to check that one out soon, but it is a unique one. So it's a little bit easier, I would say, to get into, but you definitely want to call as early as you can. So those are the character dining options for you at the parks. There's quite a few and there's definitely some really solid options. You can't go wrong with character dining because it's really a fun addition to your day. You have to eat anyhow, so you might as well have at least one of those meals be with some wonderful characters that make Disney Disney. I hope you get to enjoy some character dining on your next trip. All right, some Q&A. I know I've been a little bit delayed on the Q&A section, but I'm going to share with you a couple of the questions that I've gotten recently. So one of the questions that I got is about character costumes for kiddos. People were asking what the most comfortable option is when your kids are at the park. And to be honest with you, when I'm bringing options for my kids to the park. I usually have them in play clothes to start. And then whenever they want to get dressed into their character costume, 
whether it's for a specific event or a specific show, ride, area, then I just have them get to wear those specific costumes in that section. But I will say, and this is not an ad, and I know I've shared this before, but Taylor Joel Designs, their dresses are absolutely like you could have your kiddo wear that all day and they'd be totally comfortable, but they're very character inspired. They're our favorite for sure to wear when we can. I only have a couple because they are a little pricey, but they're incredibly comfortable. The fabric is amazing. And I know my girls love it because it's a girly take on the characters, which is really fun. And it's not quite as hot because as we all know, Orlando can get extra toasty. I recommend no matter what you have to always have an extra set of just play around clothes because when they get sweaty hot, you definitely don't want to have to pull on and off a lot of different accessories and costume pieces. So t-shirt and shorts are always a great option. Sunscreen at the park. That's another question I get a lot. So I know there's a lot of funky sunscreen type options with like rollerballs and all sorts of things. What we've found works the best for us because I was just sick of getting all of those zinc oxide ones on my stroller because I have a dark stroller and my stroller that I just had Tallulah in, I would just rub that like zinc oxide Aveeno stuff on her and it literally just like got everything so white. So I've been using the Sunbum spray for kids. We love Sunbum for us adults. So we've started that recently with the kiddos, but it's just easier and it smells heavenly. So that's our favorite one, not an ad at all, but that's just the one that we use and we love. Another question I get is Epcot doable with kids. And I know Epcot has the reputation for being more of an adult park, which it absolutely does, but there's a ton of elements that kids can enjoy at Epcot as well. I'm going to go into this a little bit more deeply in another episode coming up, but there's plenty to do around World Showcase. They have the DuckTales game right now on your phone that you can play throughout World Showcase, which if you've been to the park before, it's like the Kim Possible game that was there for a little bit, actually for quite some time. And then the Phineas and Ferb one, which was there for a while also. So that's what that's like, but it just looks a little bit different now since we can all use the Play Disney app on our phone. There's also so much to do in the front with the Spaceship Earth and then Living with the Land and Soren, Figment, Journey into the Imagination. And there's actually some pretty cool character experiences at Epcot, which are a little bit hidden, but there is one that we love going to. If you have a Disney visa over by the Imagination Pavilion up on the hill near the Pixar Short location is where you can go and do a special meet and greet just for Disney Visa card holders. We go to that one as often as we can because it's a really low-key experience. Right now they have two of the Fab Five at any given point in their 50th garb, so they look extra cute and snazzy. And it's always a lot of fun because it's a really low-key slow, wonderful, taking your time kind of experience for characters. Also inside the Pixar location, you can find Mickey and he is in his classic Mickey costume and there's rarely a line. So that's a good spot to go to. There's plenty to do with kids at Epcot. It just looks a little different, but especially during Flower and Garden too, it's fun to check out all the topiaries and there's scavenger hunts that happen throughout World Showcase almost at any given time at this point, which is a fun way to keep the kids engaged in World Showcase. And then one last one, and I get this a lot about what is the weather like right now. So right now it is March and 
it is toasty toasty. This year has been different because I feel like usually when I give people a gauge of outfits and what to pack, usually January through March, hmm, yeah, January through March, you can have some days that are kind of chilly still, or at least comfortable, I'd say for Orlando, but it has been super, super dry here. So and very hot. It's a it's a different time of year right now. It's a little unique being that it's March still. And I know spring break crowds are coming and they're already here. And most of them will be here. If not, if they haven't already been here, they're going to be here in April. April definitely is toasty, but like today it was 91 and it was hot. So come prepared. I know this year is definitely a little funkier than some others, but it's a toasty time of year. So basically from now through November, it's going to be nice and hot. So the one thing I don't love about living in Orlando is being constantly hot, but there's so many amazing things and having the park close by, it's worth it to me. Thank you so much for listening. It's always great to be here with y'all and I appreciate you listening to the podcast. If you have any additional questions about the theme parks or anything else, feel free to reach out to me at bibbidi-bobbidi-bats, B-A-T-T-S on Instagram, or you can send a message to tinythemespodcast at gmail.com, and I'd be happy to answer them on the podcast. Looking forward to sharing some more of our Disney adventures, and feel free to check out my stories. I will absolutely be sharing our Tracy Morgan story and also lots of other fun adventures, especially this upcoming weekend with Megacon and the Prego Expo too. I hope you all have a wonderful rest of your week and thanks so much for listening. On behalf of myself and one of my favorite little assistants at Tiny Themes Podcast, 